My name is Ben, and I am so glad that you have joined us this bright, snowy morning to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Whether it is here in Toronto, you're, hopefully your streets are clear, or whether you're joining us online. By now, most of you have already opened and received your Christmas gifts. I hope you got what you really wanted. Maybe whatever was under the tree, or maybe it was hidden away in a closet under some dis dis clever disguise. And all these gifts, all that energy we put into getting that perfect gift for that special someone. You can say that we give gifts at Christmas for these two main reasons. It's the birthday party for Jesus, 2022 years later. Or we, gave, we give gifts to one another because of the gift that God gave us. That amazing gift that we have received that Christmas morning. If you're one of those people who wrote letter, a letter to Santa asking exactly what you wanted, and then you got exactly what you wanted, well, lucky you. But for the rest of us, by the time you finished opening the gift and you finally realize what it is, you're probably starting to think, what do I do with this gift? For any of you here older than 13, and that's majority of you, you see, they're the ones who wrote to Santa. They're probably, they probably got a toy. They probably started immediately playing with it. That was easy for them. But for the rest of us, to be honest, you might have had a bit of Christmas gift letdown. You know, that adrenaline of tearing open, that gift, all the wrapping, it's wearing off, and you might be holding on to a gift that you're, you're not 100% sure you want. Some of you are familiar with Secret Santa, the gift exchange. And you have that feeling of gift envy. You're eyeing somebody else's gift, something that you'd rather have. And even if you did receive exactly what you wanted, maybe you had a wish list. Those of you, that's smart. You've got what you wanted. You still need to find a way to add this new thing into your regular rhythm. What do you do with this gift? Maybe it's a set of golf clubs or a fancy Le Creuset kitchenware. What do I want to do with this gift? Because what, were you, what are you going to do? When will you use it next? When will, what will you do with the old set? And maybe it's chocolates that you received, an edible gift. And there's that question. Are you going to eat it all yourself? Or are you going to maybe share some for others? And the rest of us are thinking gift cards. That's the way to go. But they're probably worse for this question because what do I do with a gift card? It's like analysis paralysis because they've just offloaded that decision, that gift selection to you. So my vote, best Christmas gift ever, socks. Sorry, kids. It's going to be socks in a few more years. Because you know what to do with that gift. Easily answer. Throw them in with the rest of your socks. Done. But the question does remain, whenever we, we receive any gift, what do I do with this gift? How does it fit in with the rest of my life? We often call babies and children in our lives gifts. At least for that first six months, maybe nine months when they're immobile, super cute. And we can give them back to mom when they start crying. And we can ask the same question about baby Jesus, born to Mary and Joseph this Christmas morning. We have received this gift from God. But what do we do with this gift, this baby in a manger? For many of us, whether we are spiritually searching or maybe familiar with the Christmas story, we might still need a reminder about this gift. 
we know that a baby is special. It's precious. But what really is this gift of Jesus on Christmas? As we read her, as we heard read by Samita this morning, John, the gospel writer, he describes Jesus in three different ways that are all kind of interwoven, interconnected. The word, the light, the life. At the beginning of the gospel reading, we hear, in the beginning was the word. And in the original Greek language, John uses this, uses logos, which literally means word. But also logos is much more than a group of letters used to communicate an idea. In English, many of you are probably familiar with logos in biology, in ecology, in sociology. So logos has this deeper sort of meaning. It's wisdom, rationality, logic. And those first few words from John have echoes from the very beginning of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. And as we read and reread the Bible, we hear echoes and we encounter coincidences that are not random chance. John is intentionally starting his gospel, his narrative story of Jesus' life. He starts it by echoing the start of the entire universe described in Genesis. In the beginning, the word was. And as we take these two ideas, these two passages together, John is basically telling us that logos, that perfect logic, that ultimate wisdom of the universe, that was with God at the beginning when God was creating light, sun, earth, moon, plants and animals, and us here, humanity. In the, beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word. The Word, this perfect wisdom, is the foundation of the whole universe. This Word holds the laws of physics, quantum mechanics, strong and weak atomic forces. This perfect wisdom defines them. But this Word... The word from the beginning, it isn't an impersonal, abstract idea. It's not just something out of thin air. Because words, whether spoken or written, they're a part of us. They're a part of our identity. Words are personal. You know, may I have a word with, we, word with you? That's like a personal invitation to a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And think about the arguments and how many times you've heard this said... Mom, but you said. Dad, but you said. I'm saying this for the parents because you hear this more than the rest of us. And words definitely have a certain kind of life to them. When we say, I love you, or you're fired, these words create new realities. And in Genesis, God spoke, and the universe burst into existence, the start of all existed reality. And now John is arguing that the logos, the foundational wisdom, the deep rationality of the universe is in fact a person with the name Jesus. So as we look at John's second description, Jesus is life, that too is bound up with Jesus' role in creation. All things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being. 
What has come into being in him was life. Maybe at a Christmas gathering, maybe sometime this week, you've been at a party where someone you know, you know them, you'll see them. They are the life of the party. Someone who animates the event and turns a group of strangers into a memorable evening. Jesus is the life of the universe. Just less obnoxious, less loud, perhaps. Jesus animates all the atoms, the quirks and quirks of the universe. And everyone here, online too, this morning, we're more than just a random collection of, of organs in a skin covering. We are animated by Jesus. And in our world full, filled with all sorts of death, Jesus is the gift of life. So we come to this last description. Jesus is light. John describes Jesus as the light that shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not overcome it. And in other translations, we read it as the darkness did not comprehend it. Human retinas and pretty much all animals, they need light to see and perceive the world around them. And we also need the light of Jesus to illuminate our minds, to understand the things we do see, to shine through our darkness, through our confusion and our ignorance. There's so much here, but I can't spend too much more time trying to describe the gift of Jesus. It's like a Russian Matryoshka doll, if you know those. They're those nesting dolls that have more and more layers as you open them up. And if you've been starting to ask some of those questions about who is Jesus, you've come here to the right place. Keep coming. Keep coming into our community as we continue learning more and more together. So we have this gift of Jesus. And there is lots to know, lots to learn about this gift, but we still have that original question. What do we do with this gift of Jesus? Perhaps this morning, this season, you're getting a glimpse of Jesus. And maybe it's only a few times a year. Maybe it's Christmas, Easter, a celebration. Maybe it's at a wedding. And you want more. You've only got a glimpse, and you want to cherish it, to keep it close. And maybe you've had that taste of Jesus, a glimpse of who he is, that pure wisdom of logic, the logic of the universe, the light and life of the world. And I invite you to join us regularly on Sunday mornings because Jesus isn't a gift that we receive only at Christmas. Christians call Sunday, today, the feast day of the Lord because it's not a birthday party every week, but it sure is a celebration of Jesus every Sunday. And if you're already in that boat, consider joining one of our many connect groups here at St. Paul's where we meet to pray and to study the Bible together. So what do I do with this gift of Jesus? We keep unwrapping it. More Jesus, more of the light and life of the universe in our own lives. So if you've had the gift of Jesus for a long time, maybe you're relatively familiar with all the features as seen on TV. The good news of the gift of Jesus isn't a message that is just delivered to us. It's not like a handy cheat sheet for the physics exam filled with all the formulas that you need about the inner workings of the universe, that's not it. And the good news isn't a one-time visit, like a baby cute for only that first year, and then terrible twos for the rest of their lives. 
Well, until they move out. Instead, John writes that the word became flesh and lived among us. The pure, formless logic that created the universe, it loses its abstraction and became a tangible, physical reality. And it's better translated by Eugene Peterson that you read on the screen. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus Jesus didn't become flesh and blood to live far away from us, only meeting on holidays or via Zoom. Jesus became flesh and moved in close. And that's kind of like what it is, receiving a gift from your best friend. Because they can have a lot of things to give you, but perhaps the best gift they could give you is to move in across the street. Check your mail, water your plants when you're away out of town. Or maybe go for a random walks, a chat at your doorstep. That's the gift of Jesus for us today. Jesus, the word, the life, the light of the world, becomes one of us and lives with us. So what do we do with this gift of Jesus? The more of Jesus you get, the more of Jesus you have to share with others. Jesus is a gift that never sells out. It's not like Tickle Me Elmo. I know that dates me from when I was growing up. Or the popular princess, the Disney princess of the year, or the Marvel superhero of the day. Jesus doesn't sell out, doesn't run out. And there are so many people in this world who are seeking that gift of life, the gift of light in their darkness. So Jesus is the gift that you want, you will want to re-gift, to spread that news around your neighborhood, around the world. Jesus is actually a gift that keeps on giving. Today, that is the gift of Jesus for us. So what will you do with that gift? What will you do with that gift of that baby in the manger? Merry Christmas.